So another judgment we see around basic school resources coming out of the Eastern Cape is a judgment concerning desks and chairs. So learner appropriate, these were small children, uh, to have suitable desks for these particular grade and age of children and and whether the department's failure to ensure that these Eastern Cape rural children had these particular desks and chairs constitute a violation of the right to basic education. I'm not going to go into the details of the case because the details of the case, excuse me, you will be able to read from the case itself and also from the chapter on the right to basic education. It's, it's detailed uh, quite in depth there. Um, this the chapter on infrastructure and equipment in the right to basic education handbook. But one of the important things, aside from the fact that in Mazzozo, the court said that the right to basic education includes having the sufficient amount of appropriate desks and chairs in the classroom, right, in, in all public schools across the country, well, across the province in that instance. So outside of the fact, and this is an important fact to know, that from the, from the case we now know that desks and chairs is a component of the right to basic education, but we also see the judge in Madzodzo going um, a bit further than what the High Court judge uh, did in the twenty. 12 uh, decision on textbooks because he actually says in his judgment that the right to basic education includes all of these other uh, components and he speaks about teachers even he speaks about teaching materials and schools and, and classrooms and facilities for learners so we now see a judgment in which a judge is saying even though it's a high court judgment that the right to basic education requires sufficient desks and and suitable desks and chairs but it also requires all of these other things like teachers and um, classrooms, right? So in Mazzozo, one of the things that the the government argued was that the, the government just didn't have enough uh, money, that they were operating, the Eastern Cape government was operating under budgetary constraints. So for this reason, they couldn't get desks and chairs to all of these rural children who were in desperate need of it. And the the court in that instance uh, dismissed this argument because if we recall uh, from our earlier discussion around the nature of the right to basic education, the, the, the right is immediately realizable. And so the court said in this instance that the state cannot hide behind um, an argument that they lacked the, the necessary monies to deliver on the right to basic education. The court said furniture and desks form part of the right. The state has failed to deliver and you can't use money as a basis to argue that you have that you have not limited the right. You have limited the right to basic education by failing to give them those desks and chairs. There are over 60 million people living in South Africa every day, going about their business, doing their own thing. I want you to picture, try and picture this scenario of people driving and people going to work and people trying to fetch their children from school or taking their children to school or in the supermarket um i for instance am one of those 60 million people and and i'm sitting in this room and i'm trying to do this podcast but my neighbor's freaking dog won't stop barking so i'm scolding with my neighbor so that i can finally do your podcast and then there's that student who loaned a textbook from that other student but is now refusing to give that textbook back and then there's that 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 
child that you know of that um, wrote on Facebook that this other child is ugly and now this other child is upset and is crying because they were called ugly on Facebook and then someone needs to uh, study for the introduction to law course but they don't have the textbook and so they go and they try and make a uh, photocopies of the entire textbook and the author finds out and the author's absolutely upset because of the fact that they've made photocopies of the textbook and some medical person has just discovered a fantastic medicine and they want to use this medicine and make profit off it but somebody else comes and they are copying that medicine and doing their own thing with it so that they can make their own money with it and someone bumps into someone's car and they're refusing to pay the money or someone buys a car and someone's refusing to deliver the car. And essentially, private law, what private law is, is that it's that body of law that historically has tried to regulate the relationship between private people. And so the idea is that this laws are there and function in, in a society to make sure that everything is cohesive, that there's a certain level of harmony, that there's a certain level of order, right? But I do say traditionally used or historically used, uh, defined as that aspect of law that regulates the relationship between private people, because as we will see as we go along, and no matter what particular uh, section of the work that we are dealing with, we will see that the Constitution always comes into play, right? And so we see that the Constitution also impacts on private law. And so to a certain extent, this private-public divide uh, becomes a little bit of a, a more difficult distinction to make. Um, and that's why historically it's been seen as this aspect of law that regulates the relationship between people, although we now know that the Constitution can also influence uh private law in a way that it traditionally wouldn't have um, looked like, okay? So that is private law. And so private law is regulating the relationship between persons. But when we refer to persons, we're not just referring to persons as individuals, but we are referring to legal subjects. So private law regulates the relationship between legal subjects. So the next question that one asks oneself is, okay, if public law regulates the relationship between legal subjects, then who are legal subjects? And so that's the next question that we will explore. There are over 60 million people living in South Africa every day, going about their business, doing their own thing. I want you to picture, try and picture this scenario of people driving and people going to work and people trying to fetch their children from school or taking their children to school or in the supermarket. Um, I, for instance, am one of those 60 million people and, and I'm sitting in this room and I'm trying to do this podcast, but my neighbor's freaking dog won't stop barking. So I'm scolding with my neighbor so that I can finally do your podcast. And then there's that student who loaned a textbook from that other student but is now refusing to give that textbook back and then there's that 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 
child that you know of that um, wrote on Facebook that this other child is ugly and now this other child is upset and is crying because they were called ugly on Facebook and then someone needs to uh, study for the introduction to law course but they don't have the textbook and so they go and they try and make uh, photocopies of the entire textbook and the author finds out and the author is absolutely upset because of the fact that they've made photocopies of the textbook and some medical person has just discovered a fantastic medicine and they want to use this medicine and make profit off it but somebody else comes and they are copying that medicine and doing their own thing with it so that they can make their own money with it and someone bumps into someone's car and they're refusing to pay the money or someone buys a car and someone's refusing to deliver the car and essentially private law what private law is is that it's that body of law that historically has tried to regulate the relationship between private people and so the idea is that this laws are there and function in, in a society to make sure that everything is cohesive, that there's a certain level of harmony, that there's a certain level of order, right? But I do say traditionally used or historically used, uh, defined as that aspect of law that regulates the relationship between private people, because as we will see as we go along, and no matter what particular uh, section of the work that we are dealing with, we will see that the Constitution always comes into play, right? And so we see that the Constitution also impacts on private law. And so to a certain extent, this private-public divide uh, becomes a little bit of a, a more difficult distinction to make. Um, and that's why historically it's been seen as this aspect of law that regulates the relationship between people, although we now know that the Constitution can also influence uh private law in a way that it traditionally wouldn't have um, looked like, okay? So that is private law. And so private law is regulating the relationship between persons. But when we refer to persons, we're not just referring to persons as individuals, but we are referring to legal subjects. So private law regulates the relationship between legal subjects. So the next question that one asks oneself is, okay, if public law regulates the relationship between legal subjects, then who are legal subjects? And so that's the next question that we will explore.